Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates. I'll be your host, and this podcast exists to help you improve your communication skills. Whether you communicate one-on-one, to a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we know that when we improve our communication skills as leaders, it exponentially changes everything. It improves our relationships, it improves our leadership skills, and it improves our business skills. So let's get ready to dive into this next episode. I've been looking forward to this podcast episode for a long time. I get to interview someone that I have just a giant amount of respect and admiration for. I've been following her as a speaker and a speaker coach for a long, long time, and I've learned so much from her from afar, and it's just been an honor to get to know her more and more. But today we're going to talk about just when it comes to speaking and wanting to be a speaker. How, how, do, how do I be me when I speak? How, how do I really use my unique voice? How do I step outside of my comfort zone? How do I you know, communicate in a way that I was created to communicate. So I'm not pretending to be somebody else. And so we're gonna have a great conversation. We're gonna talk about growing different areas of our speaking. And we just get to learn from a a speaking professional today. And so uh, it is so great to have Sally on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Yay, Jason. (laughs) So fun to be here. Thanks for having me. Same thing. I'm like, somebody was it Scott, maybe Scott Scott Savage? Yes. Scott Savage. And everybody Scott Savage sends to me are good people. They're good people. And he was like, you got to meet Jason. Uh, And it has been really fun to get to know you. I love what you're doing. Speak with people. That's what we want to do. Not Mm. just speak to ourselves, but speak with the people. I love it. See the people. I love it. Well, thank you. Well, hey, before we hop in, let's let our listeners kind of get up to speed, get to know you a little bit. Maybe share with us a little bit of your story. You don't have to go into like, you know, the 17 chapters. Of course, I would love it, though. But who you are, what you do, you know, all that good kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Well, hello. My name is Sally Z. I go by Sally Z. I love that, by the way. Do you? Okay. Yes. I mean, it ha- you at one point i think you asked me like how did this happen well it happened because my last name which is my husband's last name is zimney and mm. z is a very cool letter but zimney sounds like Mimi. and <laughs> when when you're doing a lot of speaking online it would get lost and you uh-huh. have to spell it out m is in mary and is in nancy ey and and honestly i just got a little tired of it so I just shortened it to Z at some point and it was like, yes, yes, this works. And it was, you know, it's like a little Sally, Jesse, Jesse, Raphael kind of <laughs> dial back from the eighties. I just shared with you how old I am. There it is. Uh, but, but Z is a very cool letter. So mm. I've embraced it and um, thank you. I'm glad that you love it. Yeah. So hi, <laughs> I have been on stage really since I was about in fifth grade. I love being on stage. The way I would put it as I was growing up, when people would say, what do you want to do with your life? And I would say, I just want to be up in front of people. Mm. And so it wasn't necessarily the stage that was calling me, but what I felt from even when I played Uncle Albert in the, true story, Uncle Albert in the summer stock fifth grade musical at Southview (laughs) Elementary, I felt that connection Uh that happens with 
people. So here you are, and I know you're all about that as well. Something, the exchange that happens between speaker and audience. And I use speaker, I use that term pretty loosely, honestly, because we speak in all kinds of different ways, but Mm. I fell in love with it pretty early on. I happened to go to a high school that had an incredibly robust and fantastic high school speech and debate program. And I was coached by truly hands down the best coaches in the country. So I learned the skills early on. I just got lucky, you know, lucky me. I happened to go to that high school. That's amazing. Uh, Yeah, it was a, it was a a true gift. And in fact, I'm going to show you something, Jason. Okay. A few weeks ago, the high school speech and debate program reached out to me. Whoa. It's a very heavy glass. Come on. I won. An alumni award. Aww. I know. It was actually, it's actually really, really special. But it means so, so much because the people who run that program are phenomenal, Mm. nationally recognized. And I just got really lucky. Um, But the reason I bring that up is I think it matters very much as we talk about how you show up authentically, how mm. you lean into and discover your authentic voice. Because high school speech, as fantastic as it was, it was all about the skill. And I think I was still able to share some of my personality. But honestly, I was I'm way more poised as a high school speech coach or a speech kid than I will than I am now as a professional speaker out living out in the world and speaking to audiences all yep. the time. I have had to learn how to let let some of those layers down and let people see the real me. Um, because we, especially in speaking, tend to think that the skill is everything. Mm. Uh, and it took me a while to learn that it's part of it, but it's not all of it. It's really not even near the most important thing. So um, I grew up professionally speaking in front of teenagers, mm. and that will teach you really, really well um, <laughs> and quickly how to find that authentic voice because they don't tolerate anything less. They're not interested in uh, anybody who is pretending uh, and really doesn't understand where they're coming from and is focused on that empathetic connection. So um, it was a brutal learning, Mm. but I had a ton of reps because we were traveling all over the country and I was doing two talks a day, four days a week for four or five years. So I, I learned really, really quickly. And that is really the basis for what I do now as a speaker and bull and a speaker coach. I get to do both a kind of a two headed monster of speaker Mm -hmm. and speaker coach. And the, the crux of what I do and how I do it is around how we can show up and share more of who we are in service of our message that, that your message needs you and Mm. the special sauce that you bring in that moment. Wow. Wow. It's so good. Going back to your, your high school. I mean, what a gift. I mean, was it Gerald Ford who yeah. said if you could go back to high school? He would, in, I mean, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he would invest everything in the public speaking. Uh, it's amazing. Oh. I mean, kids grow up and they, they use public speaking all the time without even realizing it. 
their boss calls yes. them in a team meeting and says, Hey, give us an update, you know, and they start to freak out a little bit. I mean, yeah. why do more schools not invest more and more in getting kids those skills to be able to stand up yeah. and persuade, inspire, communicate, yeah. sell? So yeah. what a gift you have. It was the best thing that I did. I did theater too, and I loved it, love theater. But speech is why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Uh, and, you know, along with the skills, I feel like one of the most critical lessons that I took from that and that I learned was about working hard. Yes. And allowing yourself to learn publicly because mm. we had to. Yeah. You know, even in rehearsing, rehearsing is so, so awkward. I got really good at practicing and figuring things out and allowing for that discomfort. And that is essential on the pathway to authenticity. Mm. Like we have to be willing to show up in discomfort publicly because we only learn by doing and we don't, you know, somebody years ago on my own podcast, I remember having a conversation with someone where she said, you know, we think authenticity is the just letting go and caring mm. less and kind mm. of just allowing whatever is natural to happen. There's a little bit of truth to that, but honestly, we have to practice authenticity in only because we have to get through that initial phase of uh, the layers that we put on naturally through yep. speaking in particular, that what will people think of me, my credibility's on the line, I've got to polish up, layer up, I've got to be a capital S speaker, as I like to say. Like what would happen if you took that idea of whatever capital S speaker is and we threw it out the window, what would it look yep. like if you did it? Because I would like to see a Jason talk. Mm. It's going to be different than a Sally talk, even if we were working off the same script. Yep. That's, that yep. is what we want. Oh, I love that. Can you take us back to a time in your speaking career where something just broke in you, where maybe, you know, you kind of learned, you kind of shared something in an authentic way that you never had or taken that, you know, leap of authenticity yeah. that you, you finally like, okay, I stepped into this. I owned it. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, it took a while to get there for me because I was so steeped in doing it right. Mm. Um, and the youth organization I worked at, it I was surrounded by incredibly talented people. And you just could not help yourself but want to emulate what they were doing. Yeah. The joke that they told, how they told it, that kind of their energy, their vibe. And, and as I grew up and learned there and started coaching all of the speakers there, I would give people a year and mm. say, play with it. You're going to start by mimicking other people. You're going to start by just trying to figure out, like, how do I do this? Yep. And because you're representing an organization, and if there are people out here who, who speak on behalf of an organization at your company or or perhaps like you are, are taking a message that is not necessarily yours mm -hmm. on the road. Mm -hmm. um, it takes a while for that message to be yours Oof. and to not let it just be what the message that you're supposed to give. And so that first year, it was a lot of experimenting and trying and it never felt great, mm. but I had to go through that year 
in order to walk in the second year now more confident in the message, more Mm -hmm. aligned to that message, having really integrated it, thought about it personally and deeply, and recognizing I wasn't the newbie anymore. Right. I had something to teach other people and I felt this new freedom. And that's what it feels like. Authenticity feels like freedom. Mm. And it's so, so liberating to recognize that the way that I do it is going to be different from other people. And it has a particular impact, a particular power. And when you can identify what that particular thing is, it just gives you more confidence to show up and share it. And that's what that second year felt like. And I don't remember meeting anybody who didn't go through that phase of trying it on like other people. Let me try this on. How does this feel? Um, It's the process of really growing into your own voice. Mm. Absolutely. Boy, that's so powerful. That's so powerful. So as you, you know, kind of figured out your own unique voice, you know, I mean, you've kind of walked us through it. It's kind of a, you know, struggle when you coach leaders, when you coach speakers who are like, okay, I've got to find this voice so I don't emulate someone else or want to be, that was me in my early twenties. I just, I was, you know, those, those people that I looked up to, how do you, what some steps do you take, you know, as you're just kind of practically coaching those speakers to say, Hey, we gotta, we gotta get your voice out of you. You know, what are some of those steps? Uh, absolutely. So I think it's thinking about a few things. First of all, really leaning into what that distinctive thing is that is particular to you. Mm. So I tell this story a lot when I'm out speaking, uh, where a friend of mine, so imagine if you will, with me that we are at LAX and it is 1995. So it's a bit ago. It's like pre nine 11. Uh, and this acting class got to go hang out at LAX for the day to do a particular thing, which is to try and discover what they were calling your pearl button. That Mm. thing that is so true about you, that is deep within you, that everybody sees and recognizes despite the roles that we might play. So my friend Jane is there. She is on a mission to make it big out in LA, but she's kind of struggling a little bit. So she signs up for this discover your pearl button class. And there they are at LAX. And she is standing in front of a gate with a bunch of people about to get on their plane. And she is wearing a costume of sorts. She is at the, um, the yacht club, you know, she's got her tennis racket and she is just, um, you know, kind of yuppie Jane there. And she's got her little tennis skirt on and she's just standing there at the gate and everybody waiting to get on the plane is handed a sheet of paper with all kinds of characteristics on it with, and given the direction, do you see that woman over there with the tennis racket? Would you mind just judging her from afar? Basically look at her and circle three characteristics that you might apply to this Mm. woman right there. So they look at her and they're like, okay, LAX actors, this is so typical, right? They look at her, but they circle three characteristics. They gather up those sheets and all of those folks get on the plane. New set of people come in for the next flight and Jane goes and changes. Mm. And now she's standing there and she's wearing a power business suit and she is going to, yes, own the meeting that she's going to. They hand out sheets of paper with the words on it and say, do you see that businesswoman? 
circle three words. They collect those sheets. She, they get on the plane and now Jane comes back, new people, new sheets, but now she's like hippie dippy yoga woman. Like she's just feeling the, uh-huh. the flow and the vibes and very woo woo. Three very different characters. And now they have collected three sets of characteristics that people have applied to her. And what they do is they look at all of them and they find the most common characteristic amongst all three. In other words, what is the thing that is so true about Jane that despite what role she was playing, they saw it in her. They experienced it from her, this energy that she had in her. Uh, And I'm getting a little long in this, but let me just say, yeah. When Jane told me that story, I thought, oh my gosh, that is speaking. That is, mm. that is the, mm-hmm. our job as speakers is to know ourselves, to figure out for ourselves, what is that thing in me that is so true and so present that people experience it from me, regardless if I'm in a corporate setting or I'm on a conference stage or I am at home as a parent or whatever. We all have lots of different roles in our lives. So that process is something that I work with my speakers on a lot. Mm. Like, who are you defining who you are super well, so you can know yourself and lean into your strengths. So knowing your strengths. And then the second piece is really, um, being clear about your story because Mm. there's all kinds of particularities that exist in our stories that make it you versus somebody else. Um, stories are this beautiful tool that, uh, allow people to really see who you are if we're doing them well and sharing them well. So good. Oh, it's so good. I talk with people all the time, especially after I get done speaking and I'm a storyteller, so I share stories and people will come up to me and say, I don't have any stories like that. Your life is so fascinating. And uh-huh. I say the same thing every single time. I said, uh, no, yeah. we, we all have those stories and you just have to yeah. find them. You have to start, you know, mining them and figuring them out. And so to be able to help speakers, you know, own their story and then be their story and share their yeah. story. What a powerful, yeah. what a powerful thing. Uh, someday I want to write a book, live a great story now. Cause I'm like, Ooh. you know, we just talk about all the time. Like, Oh, look at that person. They get to do this and look at Travis Kelsey. He gets to date Taylor. What a great story. <laughs> I'm like, oh, but I, I had, I got to date Tracy way back when, you know, like I got to tell those stories. It's just amazing. Well, that's our job as speakers is to Mm. bring the powerful perspective and insight. It's not about the story itself being worthy of a particular moment. The onus is on us to discover the wow and the awe that exists in the everyday and And if you can, as a speaker, develop that sort of perspective and insight and to be able to articulate the beauty or the whatever it is about that moment that stops you, that Mm. moves you in some way, that is the magic of speaking right there. Mm. And most speakers are just think, well, I just need to have great content and um, you know, have my, my slide deck developed well and, and focus on my delivery and show up and wow. It's like the, the preparation for that moment requires us as speakers to, to look at the world in a particular way, mm. to be lookout constantly for yep. what is, what is moving me right yep. now? And why would my audience care about this? 
um, that is that is the key because without it, your content's always going to be like, that's fine. That was that was good. Appreciate right. you. Right. <laughs> right. If it doesn't seem like you're passionate about what you're speaking about, you know, why why should people and, and you know, I think people try to manufacture passion a lot. You know, they either get real excited or ramped up. <laughs> you know, how do you think we find that balance, you know, of coming across passionate, mm-hmm. but then this I think this is also a, a interesting uh boy, I'm losing the the what the illustration I'm trying to uh, tightrope, tightrope. Thank you very much. Sorry. Almost yeah. 50. No, uh, the thoughts go quickly. <laughs> um, but it's an interesting tightrope between authenticity and then, you know, as a professional, you know, as, especially speakers who are paid money, hey, you need to come and this is what you need to deliver, yeah. you know, of like, yeah. you know, not being too authentic or I'll just kind of use the word loosey goosey. So anyways, you know, just yeah. going back to the oh, passion. It's a great question. Yeah. Right. Well, I like to think of authenticity, like each of us, we have a range, like nobody's just one thing, mm. you know? Um, I remember coaching this young man and he was in a corporate setting, but he had this musical background and he was a played in bands and, and he was delivering this big kind of high intensity presentation and he's a bigger, he was a bigger guy. And I remember standing in this conference room and he was just like blowing me out of the water, Mm. Um, like super volume and passion. And I was like, Justin, I, I love your passion. I love what you're all about, but right now you're playing in an arena. Like you've got an arena level Justin Mm. happening here. And we need like coffee shop music, Justin, for this moment, you know, it's still you, but we all have layers and levels. So it's kind of finding the dial mm. that meets the moment that you are in. What is that particular moment called for? And how can you as a speaker respond to what's really happening in the room? Um, we set the tone for energy, but we can't also ignore the energy that the people are coming in with. Because yes. if you are too far off the mark, people are like, uh, this is... Like, yes. What, 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 what movie is playing in her head? Like right. she's on some other experience right now. She's not really with us in the room. So that um, back and forth is going to change the way that you show up and change that dial, that mm. authentic dial. Yes, absolutely. Oh, I love that. I, going back to your story early on, I, um, for years, the same thing. I did assemblies in uh, elementary and middle school and high schools. And I I think every person who wants to be a professional speaker or, you know, they just want to learn how to communicate in a more dynamic way. You know, I think they should all have to go stand in front of a thousand middle school students. I mean, it will just, it it can crush you. It can rip your heart out and it can shape you and mold you so fast because that moment when you, you have a thousand kids, you're like, what just happened? But then yeah. it can be gone yeah. and you got to think on the it's fly. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. And that's, that's what kind of pulls, keeps pulling you back out front because you have those days. I had many of those days where I was like, and I did not have them. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. And, you know, and we can, we can analyze for forever because there's yep. a million different factors that made that. So, but for me, I, you know, the one time it happened more than once, but you have that one moment where you're like, Oh, 
right here. And yep. they're all feeling something and they line yep. up afterwards. These sweet little middle schoolers are like, so my best friend last week, you know, and you're like yep. hearing all these yep. incredible stories and you realize what's underneath, what's right underneath that little bit of cynicism is a, a willingness and an openness. Um, and so you just keep going back. Because you're like, I want to, I just want to get them, these sweet little buggers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's talk to, uh, for a second, because we have lots of listeners who are not professional speakers. You know, they, yeah. uh, they're the everyday speakers. You know, they speak yeah. in a team meeting. They're leading trainings over Zoom. They're, you know, pitching sales presentations. I mean, they're doing yeah. like, you know, like hardcore speaking, you know, every single day. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about, you know, authenticity for them. What, what do you think are some steps in, in life or in, you know, developing these, these communication skills, you know, to help that those everyday, you know, communicators yeah. be more authentic in their sales presentations. And cause there's just yeah. something different, right? When you walk into a group and you're prepared, you're ready, you know, you're authentic and you can just mm -hmm. deliver. And then there's those moments where none of that stuff lines up and, you know, everything's kind of falling apart and you just kind of get yeah. through it, you know, what yeah. are, what are some of those things, you know, some tools, some skills we can give kind of the everyday communicator yeah. to be authentic in, in their settings. Yeah. I think one of the biggest challenges that internal, like corporate internal speakers have is there are a lot of rules. There's mm. a lot of spoken and unspoken expectations around how we do this. The, there's a particular slide deck and there's a specific way that we practice or most people aren't rehearsing, but you really need to, let me just say that. But the, there's corporate culture around how we communicate. And so one of the most important things that I'm always pushing internal speakers to do is to change the, this is the way we do it. Mm. <laughs> How can you change the way that you do it so that you're really embracing and encouraging people to bring a little bit more of themselves into mm. this? We tend to think business speaking, there's no room for me as a human. There's no room for my story, my particular story. Um, we've got to just, I don't want to waste anybody's time. I hear that a lot. I'm so afraid that people are going to be like, just get to the point. Uh, and yes, we've got to keep in, keep all of that in mind. And yet again and again, when people show up and share just a little bit of who they are and what's real with them, you're going to open up mm. a source of connection, yep. um, that, is way more powerful than you perfecting that slide deck. Yep. Okay. So I think it's shifting the ethos around how you do what you do and inviting in people to be more who they are. Mm. And, and to the best of your ability, we want to be professionals. We want to be prepared, but also, so if you mess up, like, is this, is this going to be the downfall that we think that it is? Right. And honestly, if a speaker can handle that moment with grace and still and confidence and clarity, mm. if anything, it, it tends to open up that connection with people yes. again. So it's not the uh, nail in the coffin like we think that it is. And, and that fear can really, really drive us. 
in internal speaking um, and worry about credibility mm -hmm. and just pleasing the boss and, yep. you know, and some of those things are high stakes, but um, you're human. So be a human. And you're talking to other people who are humans. Uh, so I just really hate the whole concept of that speaking is a place where we don't get to be human. We have to be perfect. And I just don't buy it. Mm. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Take us back. Cause we just, uh, I was just curious from your own, your own, um, uh, experiences. What was it like, you know, doing uh, TEDx, uh, and yeah. uh, communicating on that level? We'd just love to hear a little yeah. bit of that story. Yeah. I mean, it was terrifying. Uh, <laughs> And it was been on my bucket list for a really long time. And I'm a professional speaker and I found it terrifying. Mm. <laughs> so I tell people that because they're like, should I do a TEDx? I'm like, absolutely. But it will take over your life for a while. And we build it up as this huge mm -hmm. thing. Uh, for me, I it was so good for me to do because I don't get super nervous all that often anymore. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I'm not putting myself into those high stakes positions all that often anymore. And it's really important that we do that if we want to keep growing. Yep. So it was good for me to remember how it wreaks havoc in our brains, mm. how the, with that big risk can yes. really play a number on us. Um, and I remember walking into that theater, this beautiful theater and literally having the thought, what if I have no idea what I'm talking about? Mm. Like, <laughs> what if this is all like, I should not be here right now. Mm -hmm. And I've never felt that way about a stage ever, wow. <laughs> but I had yes. the thought and it, it took until I was all up in my head and probably over practicing and obsessing and just wanting it to be perfect. And then I met some of my co-speakers who were all awesome and who were legitimately freaking out just in, mm. in, in the way that we do for people who don't spend a lot of time on stage, they were really, really nervous. And so when I was able to shift into coach mode, yep. Oh, then I remembered. Yep. No, I do know what I do know what I'm doing. And this is actually not about me. This <laughs> is really, really not about me. Right. This is about what I get to do and how I get to serve people. Oh, and, um, so that good. was such a relief. Oh my gosh. Such a relief after yeah. all of the like baloney and fear, you know, and it's real, but if just shifting our focus to your people. Wow. It's so good. It's, it's, you know, going back to that uh, philosophy and process, like one of the things you know, I try to teach uh, my clients is just to be obsessed with your audience's needs, you know, and if yeah. we're so obsessed with their needs, it's so hard, you know, it, it's a, it's helpful yeah. to not be so obsessed on, you know, yeah. is this, am I, is, am I going to be funny enough? Is it going to connect? Is you know, all the things yeah. that, you know, our yeah. minds get obsessed with. Yeah. Yeah. The more present we can be to what's really happening in the room, uh, the more powerful they can feel that you can absolutely feel that. Otherwise just send an email or record a video, mm -hmm. but we get to be with people. Yes. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. Well, hey, this, I mean, you have given us, I've, I've taken furious notes here because you've given us so okay. much, so many good, rich, um, uh, just insights and nuggets. Before I let you go, I want to hit you with a couple of kind of rapid fire questions. I know it's probably unfair because you coach a lot of people, but is there someone for you that's just your favorite speaker? Like you love listening to them oh, every single time. Yes, Brad Montague. Okay. Uh, he is the creator of Kid President. Mm-hmm. I call him, he's kind of my unspeaker. I hold him up as a really wonderful unspeaker. And what I mean by that is he he doesn't fit the mold that we think of as speaker, speaker, capital S speaker, but he loves his audiences so much. And he pours the creative energy and love into those moments. And I feel it. I just am moved by what he does and the joy that he brings to the stage. Mm. Oh, it's so good. Is there a podcast uh, either on the development side or the guilty pleasure side that you just love? Like it just fills you up. You're like, oh, I can't wait to listen to this. Oh my gosh. Well, I have been out of the podcast loop for a while, mm-hmm. but I love podcasts. I really, really do. My, but the guilty pleasure podcast I listen to is Smartless mm. with Jason Bateman and Will so Arnett good. and, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? So, so funny. Yeah, he, those three together uh, are just, just yes. incredible. I feel bad that I can't remember his name, but you know what I'm talking about. He was I, in Will and Grace. He was in Will and He's Grace. Awesome. I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just we'll look it up. We'll put in the show notes. <laughs> okay, great. I'm sure I love he'll that listen. show. I love how much they laugh together. Mm. And just, it's like, it's, it's an improvisational comedy show every time how they dig in with each other and riff off each other. Mm-hmm. So it's delightful. I love it. I love it. Okay. Lastly, is there one book you think every speaker should read? You know, like if, Hey, if I yeah. want to improve, I, I got to read this book. Okay. It's not really a speaking book, but I still yeah. give it to every speaker I know. And that is, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's big magic. Hmm. It's truly about, I think her subtitle is Creative Living Beyond Fear. And I find that as speakers, we have to really learn how to dance with fear. And Big Magic walks us through that so, so beautifully. I love, love the book. Wow. And it will feed your soul and help you prepare up here as a speaker. Because honestly, the rest of it you can learn and that's fine. But if you are not really emotionally attuned and managing mm-hmm. your mind and dancing with fear, your speaking isn't going to go anywhere. Oh, absolutely. Well, hey, before I let you go, where is uh, online where we can send you know, people to uh, where people can go to find out more information about what you do and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. You can find me at sally-z.com. And right now, you're hearing this in January. My new book comes out in February. Come on. I know. I'm so excited. It's all about storytelling. And it's really about how to bring our authentic, courageous, brave stories out into the world in service uh, to your message. So I would love for people to come check it out. If you go to speakingstory.com, you can... Uh, pre-order the book, order the book, depending on when you're listening to this. And one of the things that 
I'm offering to folks after they get the book is to join me um, and grab a what I'm calling a story kit. It'll help you tell a better story in 15 mm. minutes. And I would um, highly encourage everybody to come check it out. Uh, it is it's quite a thing. The book. I love process. it. Boy, I can't wait. And we'll have to have you back to talk about the book. I I, I didn't even read. I mean, that's so great. I love it. Thank you. I love that. That would and be we'll, fantastic. Uh, we'll put this in the show notes and then we'll put it in our Speak With People Facebook group and all the places right. and help you promote your book and all that you do. Well, thank Sally you, Z, th thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for who you are. Like for many of Aww. us speakers who are learning and growing, you know, we get to look uh, at you and what you, how you paved the way and how many people you've helped. And so just appreciate it so much. Thank you. It is always a joy to come and talk about these ideas with other people who are as jazzed and passionate about it as I am. Uh, and thank you for what you're doing too. We, it can be an isolating journey. Speaking can be isolating. So yes. to have each other on the yeah. process is so, so helpful. I love it. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Speak With People podcast. We hope that you were encouraged. We hope that you were inspired and challenged to improve your communication skills. I want to thank you again for being a part of the Speak With People podcast community. Make sure you don't miss out on being a part of the Speak With People Facebook community group. Just head to Facebook, type in Speak With People, scroll down and join our community because every single day we're encouraging each other, we're helping each other to improve our communication skills. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode.